You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today, I don't know, kind of a random-ish day. One sort of theme that I wanted to talk about that I thought was pretty interesting, which is fun because I kind of felt like I was in off-season mode again, but trying to sort of analyze who are the the best teams, who are the good and bad teams, how to even go about assessing that because it feels like that's hard to do this year for some reason. You know, I mean, you look at the Packers, and obviously everybody's kind of against the Packers. Even, you know, there's some Packer fans that are down. There's there's me, who's, I'm not down, I'm super up, but there's still just, like, questions of, I, I just, I don't know how to gauge how good. But it's not just the Packers, right? There's Twitter people out there all over the place. Oh, they're not that good if they'd have got this call or that blah, 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 nonsense, right? But that applies to everybody. How good are the Vikings? I, I don't know. I kind of feel like the Packers and Vikings are some of the best teams, and pretty much anyone that steps into the NFC North is going to get popped right in the mouth real hard. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, the Vikings lost to some not super great teams, and the Packers are pretty close to losing to a lot of teams. And I mean, the Saints, I want to be like, oh, they're just, whoa. But they just lost to the Falcons, which sometimes weird stuff happens, but... I mean, the Chiefs are creeping up on 500. The Eagles, I mean, I, I don't have any idea. The Cowboy, the Cowboys good? I feel like they're really good, but I don't know. The 49ers, are they good? They played pretty much their first good team ever and got beat. I just, I don't know. And I didn't watch the game, but like I said, most people are freaking out about how amazing these teams are and they're all paranoid. And as I keep scrolling, I see Aaron Nagler sitting there going, these teams are trash. So I don't know what happened. I'm feel compelled to watch that game now to see if they're both really good or really bad maybe they kind of look like the same thing sometimes but I don't know but that's that's kind of what I wanted to at least touch on a little bit and kind of talk about a couple different things in that regard haven't done an official list like Todd challenged me to do Um, maybe as I continue to hone this I'll try to come out with some kind of a a list because there's a lot of different ways to look at I mean you could look at record obviously the strength of schedule which is a thing that exists So, I mean, another way to do it, you just look at your record and then sort the record by strength of schedule. But anyway, there's a few other things that I came up with. So I wanted to look at that. Nothing definitive yet, but just a few little ideas to play with. Wanted to play around with the schedule a little bit, with the remaining games. This is is where the the end of the year kind of gets fun where you kind of play with different scenarios and see what happens. And it's it's funny because if you look at it, you say, well, the Vikings are only a game behind us. And if they win this week while we're on our bye, we're tied. And it's kind of like, man, I mean, it, it's it's kind of neck and neck, but really it's not. Now, first of all, it doesn't super matter. I mean, as long as the Packers get in, you're either in or you're getting the bye or, you know. But winning the division does carry some weight. And if you really look at it, 
the Vikings have a bit of an uphill climb right now. They've got a lot of stuff working against them. Number one, they're behind, so they have to catch up. Number two, they lost to the Packers. Number three, they lost to the Bears. So in all the tie-breaking scenarios, they've got a, they're, they're behind the eight ball. So it's not just a matter of catching up. They, they have to surpass the Packers in several different ways. So we'll talk a little bit more about that and a couple other few sort of things. Announcements for the D. Instagram is still a thing. Take a peek here. It looks like we need 23 more. I say this every time, but I, I have zero, there's zero reason for me to believe that this isn't getting done today. So finish this up. I'll do a drawing this afternoon. And we'll have a winner announced by tomorrow. All right, that sound good. Um, again, the Packer fans against cancer. We are way ahead of schedule, but that's a good thing. Let's try to keep our foot on the gas with this one. And again, anything that you can give, very, very appreciative of, to everyone that has given so far. In just 12 days, we've had 19 donors uh, raise $512 for the Madison Childhood Cancer Foundation. So let's keep this thing going. And finally, I can finally announce the third sprocket in this giveaway wheel that I've been talking about forever. The first launch of the first product is available. I've got several that will probably be up today, probably a few by the time you even hear this, but we got t-shirts, man! I'll put a link to the store in the description if I remember, I certainly hope so. But um, it's not just t-shirts, right? you can get them in whatever, t-shirt, tank top, hoodie, but the first official line is what I'm calling Conductor Z. You got to check it out for yourself, but it's a it's a really awesome graphic that I had made up. I wanted to get a D-Train shirt, even though D-Train isn't my favorite. I, I figured it's got to be done the right way. So it's a Green Bay Packers freight train, well, passenger train, I guess, with Zadarius Smith as the conductor. And it, it's so awesome. I'm so excited about it. I wasn't really sure because I don't know who these people are I'm working with. I'm just trying out some different people. And I think he did an awesome job with, with what I gave him to work with. So go check it out. I um, I think I put the prices extremely reasonable. I've looked around at what some of the other prices for some of the other podcasts are charging and whatnot. And um, I think these are I think these are pretty solid. So kind of a new endeavor. I'm pretty excited to get some of these out. I know there's a lot of them. There are a lot of different ideas that we had for shirts. I'm saving some of the better designs because I want really quality designers. But to just quality designers cost more money and before i start doling out massive amounts of money because i want cool t-shirts in my store i want to make sure that people are actually interested so i'm going to get the rest of these up and depending on you know what happens with sales and whatnot either it is what it is or i'll be cranking these out pretty regularly which is what i would like to do because there's a lot of cool things that happen like every week and it's like dude i want to put that on a t-shirt i've been saying that on this podcast for over a year putting that on a t-shirt so i'm finally doing that Anyways, check it out. Link's in the description. i put a link in the pod, pad, 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 podcast podcast page, Facebook group, etc., etc. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. So the news was released now that we got the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers are about to be in prime time. I feel like that's about to make this game a little bit more exciting, especially if you're planning on attending. And if you're not, you might want to reconsider, because this is going to be a fantastic game and one that people are not likely to forget. If you're mulling it over, I hope you're thinking about Vivid Seats. It should be the first thing you think of, because when you whip out your phone, there should already be an app on it that says Vivid Seats. If you haven't done that yet, go to the App Store or Google Play, download it, and you're going to be enrolled in what they call the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. It's where when you buy, you earn Vivid Seats Rewards back. Jump on there. They're going to make it super easy to find the exact tickets that you want. 
Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So no matter what it is you're planning on doing, whether it's 49ers, Packers, or the, the ballet orchestra extravaganza, Vivid Seats is going to have that for you. And when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a one up to, pardon, up to a $100 discount. So just do yourself a favor and check it out. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So first off, um, obviously a day late on this, but I just wanted to recognize Zeke Brakowski. He had uh, passed away a couple days ago on Memorial Day. Zeke himself actually served in the Air Force. But essentially what Zeke was, and again, I'm not a historian. He was a, he, First of all, he's a quarterback. But Zeke was exactly what Packers fans have been wanting for a long time. This was back in the Vince Lombardi-Bart Starr days. And essentially, Lombardi went out and he's like, you know what? I don't want to just have any scrub backup. I want a elite backup quarterback in case you know anything ever happens to Bart Starr. So he went out and paid 100 bucks to get Zeke Brakowski to come out and be the what they called the super sub. And in fact, one of the championships may not have happened had Lombardi not brought him in because Zeke had to come in during the Western Conference playoff game and beat the Baltimore Colts. So longtime football guy. He's played for a lot of different teams. He played for the Bears. After that, he actually had a brief stint with the Rams. Played six years in Green Bay and then actually came out of retirement in 1971, came back to Green Bay. But like a true football guy, he, he never really left. He went into coaching. He coached for the Packers. He went on to coach for the Bears. Went back to coaching for the Packers. Got a promotion in the 80s to be the offensive coordinator quarterback coach for the Colts, Baltimore slash Indy. Went on to coach for the Jets. Went on to coach for the Cleveland Browns, Philadelphia Eagles. And then again in 1995 for the New York Jets. So he's a Hall of Famer. He is in the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Definitely, definitely a legendary Green Bay Packer. And so just wanted to take a minute to to kind of talk about him and, and to learn about him a little bit. Something I should probably spend more time doing while guys are still around. But just another guy that helped to make this franchise as great as it is. Uh, one other little thing I found in the Facebook group that I wanted to address. Uh, Justin, I'm not sure where he got it from, but he found something that said that the Packers had the lowest drop rate of any team in football. Obviously, some some comments to the effect that, see, looks like we have some really good, great, elite wide receivers. Um, I don't have that sheet and I tried to dig around in PFF to see if I can find team stats on drops I can't necessarily I mean I I could do it if I wanted to actually write out each one in other words drop rate comparisons by team I can't find however I'm gonna say that I don't think that's true again I don't know where it came from but it doesn't seem right to me 
couple people seem to pick up on it. Um, Will in the group says, do, do these numbers seem a bit off? Chris found a typo. Josh says these numbers aren't even correct. Points out that this guy says the Packers have the lowest amount of drops with eight drop passes, and another, another site says the Falcons have one. Also found an article that points out that Matt LaFleur said the Packers had six drop passes just versus the Lions they had six. But let me just show you what PFF has to say just so we're clear on this. Because I, I didn't look at it necessarily skeptical, although I did want to look. And right off the bat, if I look, PFF has the Packers drops at 14, not 8. Specifically, Geronimo with 3, Lazard with 2, Jimmy with 2, Aaron Jones with 2, Darius, Mercedes, Kumaro, Marquez, and Devontae all with 1, which is a total of 14. But then I thought, all right, well, PFF is maybe a little more strict. I wonder how that compares to other teams. So I just went down the line. I'm like, all right, Packers have 14, and then you switch teams and go to the Cardinals. How many do they have? Well, they only have 13. All right. And granted, it's it's a drop rate. So that still could be fine, assuming the Packers throw the ball a lot more. So you continue on. All right, let's look at the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta has eight. So that's a lot less. And then you go Baltimore Ravens have 11. Buffalo Bills have 18. Carolina Panthers have 12. Pretty much every team has less. Only one team that I've listed so far has more. Which is to say, as I go through this, I'm starting to think the Packers actually are pretty bad as far as drops go. I can definitely find teams with more drops, but the idea that they have the least amount definitely just seems incorrect. So again, I'm not sure who's tracking this or where they're getting this from. They've got the attempts right, or at least close. They've got 347 attempts. It's PFF has them at 348. So that seems about right, but again, the, the drops seem off. And I believe are off by quite a bit. And, and just like like Joshua pointed out, Matt LaFleur himself said we had six drops in one game. So just for clarification, not trying to be a jerk or anything, but if my whole goal as a person with a podcast is to inform people, I want to make sure we don't go around like getting into Twitter arguments with people that are Vikings fans or whatever saying, yeah, guess who has the least amount of drops? Boom. And then you just get absolutely destroyed because the Packers actually drop significant amount of balls. We don't want that to happen. But anyways, so I'm just sort of starting this process, and it's just kind of a thinking out loud process for now. But the question is, how are we going to gauge best and worst? And really, as I talked about before, it kind of doesn't matter because you got a team that you could say is better because of this or that, go up against a team that's worse because of this or that, and the worst team just wins, right? The Falcons are not better than the Saints. But guess who won? The Falcons did. And so as I'm going through this, you know, PFF has their ranks of teams kind of made me nervous because the San Francisco 49ers are ranked third. Now, I can easily go through and, and destroy this based on who beat who and how and where and when, but I don't like the way that this is stacked up because, number one, the 49ers are third and the Packers are eighth, which means they're better. Also, they have the Vikings at number two, so I don't like this so much. However, further context, the Seattle Seahawks are ranked 12th. So it's not only just a matter of comparing the Packers to the 49ers, but comparing the Packers to the Seahawks. Right? Is it, can the Packers' offensive line hold off this unbelievable San Francisco 49ers off or defensive line? Well, it's going to be a challenge, but that's also a challenge for the Seahawks, who have one of the worst offensive lines in football. PFF has them ranked 29th in pass blocking, and they beat the 49ers. So between kind of mulling that around, and then there was something else in the Facebook group that kind of jogged my thought process here, and that was David in the group posted a tweet by Mike Sando 
that said most 2019 wins over NFL teams that currently have winning records. So let me rephrase that so it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Of the teams that have winning records, how many teams have they beaten that have winning records? The Vikings, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Ravens have all beat three teams with winning records. The Packers have beat five teams. The Packers are number one, needless to say. So it kind of changes the conversation a little bit because when I tried to look at it, I said, let's look at um, strength of schedule. Now, one thing that people keep wanting to say is that the Packers have had an easy schedule. Everybody's had an easy schedule. 16 teams out of 32, which is exactly half, have a strength of schedule, which is to say have played teams with less, on average, than a 500 record. 16 teams. The Packers are, are I, I didn't send it to myself because I'm dumb, but it was right in the middle. It was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in that middle range. I don't remember where, but they're right in the middle. They, they haven't had the easiest, that's the, you know, the Patriots, the Bills, those guys have had it super easy. And then you look at teams that have had it super hard. But as I looked at strength of schedule, one of the problems was the only thing that that's really doing is giving you extra credit if you play a really good team and no credit if you play sort of negative credit if you play a really bad team. Which is to say, for example, let's just use the Packers and Vikings. The Packers and Vikings, let's say they both play the Cincinnati Bengals and the you know New England Patriots. The Packers beat the Patriots, but or let's say the Packers beat the Patriots and the Bengals, the Vikings lose to the Patriots and the Bengals. Who has the better strength of schedule? They have the exact same strength of schedule, right? It doesn't look at wins and losses. So the question I have is what is the strength of the teams that you've beaten and what is the strength of the schedule of the teams you've lost to? That, or you could just say winning records. So, for example, the Chiefs are 6-4 and four and have had the third hardest schedule up to this point. Just looking at the, the, the straight-up schedule, but again... That doesn't say how many you've beat or who you've beaten. So just based on that, you could have a bunch of Chiefs fans saying, oh, well, we've had the toughest schedule of anyone, therefore we should be higher up on this ranking. But what I'm saying is the question should be, what is the record of the teams that you've actually beat? How many good teams have you beaten? How many bad teams have you lost to? That's essentially what I'm looking for. So the Chiefs would be three teams they've beaten with winning records. They have not lost to any teams with losing records. The Packers have beaten five teams with winning records and have lost to one team with a losing record. That would be the Chargers. The Vikings have beaten three teams with winning records and have lost to one team with a losing record. So I kind of feel like if I'm going to start a ranking-based system, this is kind of what I'm looking at. Now, again, I didn't send this to myself because I'm dumb, but if you look at the strength of schedule of the teams that that teams have beaten, and I just went through the NFC North, Basically, again, because I don't have the numbers, but in summary, the Packers have beaten better teams than the Vikings. They have a similar schedule, but again, look at the teams they've beaten. The Packers' teams that they have beaten are, are just better. Now, the strength of schedule of the teams that they've lost to is higher for the Vikings, but take a wild guess as to why that is. It's because one of the records of the teams they lost to is 8-2, and two, which just so happens to be the Green Bay Packers, which puts the Vikings in a really awesome position. To where if you want to argue that the teams that you've lost to are better, the only way you do that is by acknowledging that the Green Bay Packers are worthy of their 8-2 and two record, which is what they don't want to do right now. Because if the Packers aren't worthy of an 8-2, and two, fine, you tell me what their record is. They should be 6-4. and four. Okay, well then you lost to two 6-4 and four teams and a 4-5 and five team. So you've only beaten three teams with winning records, and you've lost to three teams that just aren't very good. Which means your team is not very good. The, the, the best data point, at least with this regard, 
working in favor of the Vikings, and especially their, their losses, is losing to the Packers. If you remove that, their, their strength of schedule, in other words, the, the, the strength of the teams that they've lost to is very low, and the strength of the teams they've beaten is very low. And, and keep in mind, PFF does not adjust for the teams that you go up against. So if you're beaten up on a bunch of garbage teams, they're not going to adjust that low because, well, it was a bad team. No, no, no. It just is what it is. So obviously all these things are kind of nonsensical. However, I don't want to just do a Colin Coward ranking where I just kind of pull stuff off the top of my head. I want to try to use information in some kind of a way so that I can defend my position. And it doesn't matter because everything changes week to week and there is no actual standard. But I want to take a stab at it, and this is kind of where I'm at right now. Rather than just looking at record, what have you actually accomplished that is to be impressed by? And what have you done that would indicate that maybe you're not such a great team? Like, you know, losing to the Bears and stuff. So I'm going to keep plucking away at that. If you guys have any ideas on other ways that you would do a ranking, be sure to let me know in the Facebook group. Make sure you join the Facebook group. But I I can tell you definitively the Packers are going to be above the Vikings because, number one, the record. I believe the strength of schedule is in the Packers' favor. The teams they've beaten are better. So that's that's pretty much all I know in this ranking so far is absolutely the Packers are ahead of the Vikings by every available data point, with the exception of PFF, which is valid enough, but again, they don't adjust for competition. So when you play worse teams, you have a better, you know, grade. So anyways, let's take one more quick break, and then I want to kind of play around with the scenarios toward the end of the season to kind of try to flesh this out here. Um, I th- was hoping it'd be a little bit more exciting. We'll probably just not even bother talking about the Lions and Bears because I, I just think they're so far out of it, it really just doesn't matter right now. But anyways, that's what we're going to do in just a minute. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So it is a bye week for the Green Bay Packers, but fortunately November is a pretty awesome sports month. Football, college basketball, basketball, hockey, golf, racing, whatever. And as you already know, my bookie is a place to get that action. If you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. So if you like a couple different favorites this week, parlays are nice because they let you bet multiple games together for a bigger payout. Just just, just an option. If you don't like that, you got props, you got futures. There's also in-game betting available. Whatever it is, again, head over to MyBookie, check it out. And if you join right now, MyBookie's going to match your first deposit halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks, which means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code OVERTIME to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code OVERTIME to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so here's the situation. Let's keep in mind, so right now the Packers are 8-2, the Vikings are 7-3. Obviously, let, let's start with the easiest thing first. 
which is to say, how do the, 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 the thing that I want to explore is how do the Packers lose to the Vikings? Or if you're a Vikings fan, how do we overtake the Packers and win the division? It seems relatively simple. We're only one game back. There's a lot of time left. No big deal, right? So the easiest way to do it, maybe not the easiest, but whatever. Well, the first thing we're going to start with is just beating the Packers. That is to say, we have a better record. We win the division, right? Simple. So let's start with the, again, easy, meaning easiest for me to do, not necessarily for the Vikings to do. And that would be to say that the pa- or the Vikings go undefeated. If they go undefeated, which is to say they beat the Broncos, which is entirely possible, they have a bye week, they come out and beat the Seahawks, which is possible, beat the Lions, beat the Chargers, beat the Packers, beat the Bears. It's not impossible, and I wouldn't even be surprised if they're favorited in all these games, with the exception maybe of the Seahawks, because the Packers game is going to be in Minnesota, so probably, unless they just completely fall off, but whatever. It's not impossible. The Vikings then are 13-3. and In order to actually surpass the Packers, you have to be a game ahead, meaning the Packers cannot get to 13 wins. So so the easiest and least heartburnish route for the Vikings to get there is to get 13 wins and for the Packers to only have 12 wins. Now, the we're already assuming a loss to the Vikings, but the problem is the Vikings can't even guarantee a victory if they go undefeated. Because the problem is, if the Packers end up winning every game with the exception of the Vikings, which is why this 49ers game becomes very, very important. Right, this is why we start doing this stuff early, and it's not even that early. But to kind of analyze the field, because if the Packers win against the 49ers, they got a good shot against the Giants, a good shot against the Bears, a good shot against the Redskins. Even if we lose to the Vikings, all we have to do is beat the Lions now, and the Packers are 13-3. and And a, a tied Packers and Vikings 13-3, and guess who wins? Well, next it would go to a head-to-head tie, which is a tie because they've split, but then it goes to in-division. The only divisional game the Packers have lost is the Vikings. The Vikings have lost to the Bears and the Packers, so the Packers would end up winning the division, which is why that Bears loss for the Vikings was huge. So there's really nothing the Vikings can do to automatically win the division. It's not in their control. It's up to the Packers. If the Packers win out, obviously they win the division. If the Packers win out minus the Vikings, they still win the division, no matter what. If the Packers drop one game that isn't the Vikings, it's still automatic. It's just even a little bit more automatic because it's a 13-3 team against a 12-2 team. But this is where it gets even more exciting because, and it shows why the Vikings game is so important because you got that whole tiebreaker thing going on. If the Packers beat the Vikings, it gives them the leeway to actually lose two games. If the Packers beat the Vikings... And let's say they, so they lose to the 49ers coming out of the bye, right? They beat the Giants, they beat the Redskins because they're just garbage. And let's say we beat the Bears and beat the Vikings, but lose to the Lions. The Packers are only 12-4. and four. However, we beat the Vikings, which means the Vikings are also 12-4. and four, And when it comes down to a tie, especially if we beat them, just the head-to-head we win. So we know the Packers, if the Packers go undefeated, we win the division. If the Packers lose one game, we win the division. If the Packers lose two games and one of those games isn't the Vikings, we win the division. And this is all just assuming that the Vikings basically win out. This is assuming they beat the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Chargers, and the Bears. These things are all just being assumed. Let's look at if the Vikings drop a game. Let's say they beat the Broncos, but they lose to the Seahawks. Which I can tell you right now, I saw a lot of talk about, oh, I can't even root for the Seahawks, blah, 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 blah. You better be rooting for the Seahawks when they play the Vikings. I'm not even messing around. So at that point... The Vikings are 12-4, and four, assuming they beat the Packers. So now if they drop to the Seahawks, we can lose to the 49ers and the Vikings and still win the division. All they got to do is drop one game, and we can lose to the 49ers, lose to the Vikings, and still win the division. 
because tie record and that loss to the Vikings isn't as impactful because we split because we beat the Pack or the Vikings early in the season and they lost to the Bears. So they can't tie us. A tie isn't an option. And so you can see what I'm talking about as far as how fragile the Vikings are. It seems like they're very, very close. But if they drop a game, they're in a lot of trouble because they have to be a game up because they lose tiebreakers. Even if they beat the Packers, they lose the tiebreakers because the tiebreaker rules right here on NFL.com, if you're within a division, you start with head-to-head. The next step is you go to your win-loss-tied percentage in games played within the division. Then you go to common games, etc., etc. Now, this changes if the Packers end up losing to the Bears or the Lions. Then we'd have to go to common games, etc., etc. And we're not going to go quite down that far quite yet, but you, you get what I'm saying. So division games are wildly important, and that Vikings game is also hugely important. But for the Vikings, the, the, the biggest thing is they, they got to either get up on us, they got to beat us, which actually, it, it doesn't even matter. If we lose to the Bears but beat the Vikings, the, they, they can't tie automatically because it doesn't even get to the division. It just stays within, the, the first question is head-to-head. And head-to-head, the Packers win, two to nothing. So again, the, the Vikings have a lot of challenges. They have to win two games, more than the Packers win in the next couple weeks. And they, they more or less, looking at this, they got to be kind of perfect. And looking at it, they should be able to beat the Broncos. They should be able to beat the Lions, the Chargers, the Bears. But none of these are guarantees. The Broncos, maybe we can call it a guarantee. The Lions, they can put up a fight. The Chargers, we know, can put up a fight. The Bears, I'm I'm just never counting them out because of their defense. If they can just shut you out, and for all I know, they're benching Trubisky at that point, and then who knows what's going to happen. The Packers obviously aren't a given, and the Seahawks obviously aren't a given. So we'll have to see what happens, but again... The Vikings have a bigger uphill climb than it appears when you just look at the record as it stands. Oh, they're only a game back, and assuming they beat the Broncos while we're on a bye, they're going to be at 8-3 and three with the same amount of wins, and then if then they have a bye the next week. So if we lose to the 49ers, going into that week after the 49ers, the Packers and the Vikings are going to be 8-3. and three. Tied, right? Scary. It's still in the Packers' favor, though, because the tie goes to the Packers, and that week you got the Packers against the Giants and the Vikings against the Seahawks. After that, you got Vikings-Lions and Packers-Redskins. Uh, That's probably the easiest two-game stretch the Packers have had. Now, obviously, there's trap games. They're both on the road, kind of traveling long distance. Well, no, I don't think that's true. I think it's 49ers-Giants on the road, and then Redskins are back home. I could look, but I don't want to. Even after that, Vikings-Chargers compared to Packers-Bears, the favor is in the Packers, and that's also at home. So after the—I mean, even if we're assuming the Packers and Vikings are 8-3, and three, the Packers have Giants-Redskins-Bears— two of which are home games. The Vikings have Seahawks, Lions, Chargers. Two of those games are away, which how hard is that? you got to travel all the way to Seattle, which is a brutal place to play, then come home and play the Lions and probably win, then go all the way back out to the West Coast to play the Chargers, then come home and play the Packers. So it's not impossible for the Vikings. But again, even if they're just going to go on an absolute onslaught, it's still in the Packers' hand. Well, technically it's in both of their hands if they're tied up to that point because whoever wins that that. Packers-Vikings game is ahead in the division. But again, the, the, the odds are clearly in the Packers' favor and for a reason. They're already ahead. They win the tiebreaker up to this point. They have an easier schedule going forward. So, you know, Vikings have a very, very steep uphill climb. And again, even if the Vikings do by some, I won't say a miracle, but, you know, if they do end up winning the division, the Packers are still very, very likely going to be in the playoffs. You know, if the Vikings go undefeated and the Packers fall to the 49ers and the Vikings, and then you have a 13-3 and Vikings and a 12-4 and Packers, obviously it would be nice to win the division, but 12-4 and gets you into the playoffs 100% of the time. So 
you know, it's fun to look at. We'll keep track of it. We'll we'll go back over this. Probably take a look at some of the other teams as well to to kind of see where the Packers can, will, should end up. But this is the time when you start playing with these different things to kind of take a look at stuff. And again, the the Vikings, they're only a game back, but they they've got a, a steep climb, and they've they've got to be really really good up to this point. The most they've had as far as wins this year is a four week stretch. Right, it was win loss win loss, and then there was the four week stretch of wins. Three of those four wins were the Giants, the Lions, and the Redskins, so not overly impressive. Then they fall to the Mahomesless Chiefs and beat the Cowboys Bronc, or then they beat the Cowboys. Now they got to try to go on a six-game run, which includes the Seahawks, the Chargers, the Packers. It's a tough road. But either way, the, the Vikings and Packers are very likely going to both be in the playoffs. And in fact, as it stands right now, the Green Bay Packers would be the number two seed. I think the Vikings would be the number six seed. So if it were to stay that way, the Packers and Vikings wouldn't see each other unless it was in the NFC Championship. Because if the Vikings win, the number six seed would automatically go to the number one seed, which is the 49ers, regardless of what happens to the other team. And if they lose, then they just lose and they're out. So, but I mean, number two seed is, is a buy, man. So bottom line is everything's in the Packers' control. And we know the team's good enough. It, it really just comes down to what Mike Pettin said and what, what Matt LaFleur has said on several occasions. It just comes down to being better, being cons- more consistent. The defense and the offense are good enough to beat the 49ers. They're good enough to beat the Vikings. They're good enough to win the division, to win in the playoffs, and to have a real legitimate shot at a Super Bowl championship. It just comes down to execution time. right? That, that Chargers loss may have been the best thing that happened to them because they needed to see what happens when you take your foot off the gas for a half a second. Right? It just it doesn't work. You can't do that. And now it, it needs to be prime focus time. And I you know, we'll see what happens coming out of this bye week. Because what you know, what was the first thing they said when you watched all those videos after the game? We going home. Which is cool. I mean it's I'm sure it's exciting. You get a little bit of a break, but you know, I don't want it to be too much of a break. I don't want it to be a little mini vacation. So hopefully they go home, they get rested, they get rejuvenated, have a little bit of fun, spend a little bit of that cash, go find a beach somewhere. That'd be the first thing I, I wouldn't even go home. Maybe I'd go out of my way get some kind of a connecting flight like give a high five at the airport and be like all right forget that i'm you guys are coming to the beach with me i'm not going home if i played paid for the packers i wouldn't be you know going back to milwaukee or visiting it'd be like no no everybody i'm buying you tickets we're all going to florida we're gonna sit on a beach for a week and then i'm gonna go back and we'll play some more football go sit on the beach and watch super bowl highlights to get fired up while your body rejuvenates in either way despite all the bickering and the nonsense about who's better and who's this and who's that Eight and two is never a fluke. I mean, eight and two compared to seven and two can be a fluke, but th- there has never been—I I would dare say—there has never been a bad team that lucked its way to eight and two. That's nonsense. That has never happened. This is a good football team. That should not be a debate for anybody. Matt Lafleur is a good coach. Again, regardless of of what happens, regardless of who wins the division, regardless of how far into the playoffs, because it's basically a certainty the Packers are in the playoffs this year, regardless of how far they go into the playoffs, they have already, if if the season ended today, wildly exceeded my expectation. I had somebody yesterday kind of semi-call me out because after the Zadarius and Preston thing, uh, it was released how much they were getting paid. My reaction was, yeah, that's a lot of money. Like, I, I was excited we went out and got pass rushers, but it's like, holy cow, Zedarius is like $17 million a year? The guy's got like two sacks to his name. Like, that's that's crazy. I'm not going to come out and say that I'm upset, but I feel like that's a lot of money. And we kind of talked about it and went back and forth a little bit, and, it, it you know, it's wildly exceeded my expectations. I have to assume even, even Gutekunst is a little surprised how well this has worked out. 
and massive, humongous, gigantic props to Brian Gutekunst for basically he paid Zadarius Smith to be exactly what he is. How many people are watching Zadarius Smith? Obviously, after we picked him up, every Packer fan is looking at him, including myself, going, oh, he's such a freak, he's going to be so good. Because we picked him up. Nobody prior to that was saying, you know who we need to pick up? Zadarius. That guy is going to be a guy that has probably the most sacks in the NFL. And Preston Smith, who, by the way, prior to this was a very mediocre pass rusher in terms of PFF grades, production, sacks, any of that stuff. Nobody is saying, if we get Preston and Zedarius, this is going to be the best pass rush duo in football. Zero people said that. And again, I'd be a little bit surprised if, if Gutekunst even thought that. However, he paid him as though he thought this. So we have a very good GM. We have a very good head coach. We have an elite quarterback. We have a very good wide receiver. We have one of the best pass rush duos in football. Jair's having a downswing, but he's an unbelievably talented corner. Kenny Clark has had an inexplicably rough start to the season, but he's already in the last two weeks solidified himself as one of the best pass-rushing interior defensive linemen in football. We've got a great offensive line. We've got a good complement of wide receivers and tight ends that when you marry that with Matt LaFleur's scheme, it works quite well. We've got probably the best running back duo in football and arguably the best running back in football, period. This is an unbelievable football team. And regardless, and, and, and again, re- regardless of what happens, the most exciting thing is we're not like the Rams or a lot of these other teams that look at it and say, we have to win now or we're in a lot of trouble. We're not the Saints looking at Drew Brees coming toward the end of his career and, you know, the Vikings just looking at a bunch of overpaid guys and it's like, man, this thing has got to come to an end at some point. Or the Seahawks who get worse every year and despite the fact that they keep finding ways to win, they have no ability to build this team. They've been going backwards for six years. The Cowboys who are winning because of the guys that they've paid, who have who they've overpaid, and they just are completely running out of money because Jerry Jones is getting old and he needs to see a championship before he goes, despite the fact they're sitting at 5-4 and four right now. You know, the 49ers maybe are looking at a, a pretty good upswing. They did a great in free agency. I'm not sure they're very good at drafting, but obviously, I mean, it's hard to miss when you have as early of a pick as they did. I, I just, I, I can't think of a franchise that's in a better situation. I mean, the, the Saints are doing all right because they draft really well. The Bears are garbage at drafting. And, they're, they, I mean, they give away all their draft picks. So they don't even have an opportunity to draft well. And when they have the opportunity, they don't do a good job. Khalil Mack right now is having very minimal impact. He's currently 11th in total pressures, which isn't bad. But considering Everson Griffin, Zadarius Smith, and Daniil Hunter are 1, 2, and 3, and you look at how much he, they paid for Khalil Mack, that isn't great. You look at sacks and see that we paid Preston Smith like $12 million a year, and he's fourth in sacks in the NFL with 11 sacks, just one sack behind Chandler Jones and Shaquille Barrett. Zadarius Smith is fifth with nine sacks, tied with Daniil Hunter, who's also in your division. Everson Griffin is tied for 16th. He's got seven sacks. Khalil Mack is tied for 23rd. He has six sacks on the season. Clay Matthews has more sacks than Khalil Mack has right now. Clay Matthews has a broken jaw. He's not even playing. Clay Matthews is beating Khalil Mack. Boom roasted. So, anyways, just just so, so much going in the Packers' favor right now. It was real, real scary for a little while. But you talk about the, the instant turnaround. What a phenomenal job that Mark Murphy did. And basically, you know, again, he was kind of doing his own title town thing, turns around, sees this thing's a disaster rips it down, makes an absolute great call as far as GM. He and that GM make a fantastic call going out and getting this head coach. And, I mean, 
the rest is history. This is how this is what happens. One year after basically Mark Murphy says, "All right, snaps his fingers, restructures some stuff." He and the GM go out and make a couple moves, and now you got this trio. And it just feels like as long as we have Murphy, Gutekunst, and and Lafleur, and by extension, and and Rogers technically, although you know you hopefully get another quarterback. But I mean, this the, the trio of Gutekunst, Lafleur, and Rogers. There's no reason to have anything less than Super Bowl aspirations. And we've seen in one year, they're already on the march to the Super Bowl with just that trio, just that slight tweak. Incredible. Anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. Please be sure to check out uh, the Packernet store. It's been kind of a long time in the works. Very, very excited about it. Put a decent amount of work into it. So if you have any interest in it, I got them in like kid sizes and stuff too. So if you want Junior in a a D-train shirt, be sure to check that out. And again, I, I did the best I could as far as being extremely reasonable. I don't think you're going to find too many other shirts that are as reasonable as the ones that I've got. And uh, be sure to check back, too. I'll be posting in the Facebook group, the Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, um, anytime a new design is up. And I'll be working on that throughout the day. So you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.